tonight. Haven't been able, I haven't been on Wednesday night for a couple of Wednesday nights. We had general conference last week and we were gone for Bonnie's birthday the week before that. But you had some capable, some very capable teachers. Uh, you had Brother Marshall and you had Pastor Todd. And these guys are extraordinary. And um, I appreciate them. Amen. In Luke chapter 17 and verse 20, verse 21. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. I want us to read it together. It's here in front of you. Read it with me and let's read it together right now. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. I'm going to talk for the next 30 minutes on understanding the kingdom. Understanding the kingdom. God bless you as you're seated in Jesus' name. Everybody say, Understanding the kingdom. So when you look at this passage of Scripture, and if you would, just pop the verse back up there again, Luke 17, 20. When you look at this passage of Scripture, he was demanded of the Pharisees. I think all of us have a basic understanding of the Pharisees. These are the religious leaders. They're the ones that were the Jews. They're the ones that studied and knew inside and out the law. They were uh, highly religious people. The Pharisees demanded, or that, that could be softened a little bit with just using the word ask. The Pharisees asked when the kingdom of God should come. They were looking for it. Some of these were really looking for the kingdom of the Messiah, and they were looking with sincerity. Some of the others were looking at him kind of snidely because they were rejecting Jesus as the Messiah. The background behind this, the Pharisees came asking him or demanding, as it says in the King James Version of the Scripture, they were demanding of him when the kingdom of God should come. You have to understand the mindset behind it. Some of them were impatient. They were looking for it. This is what their life had been focused on. This is what they really intently wanted to see happen. They wanted to see the kingdom of God come. And others were taunting him, were mocking him. Jesus did not refer to either one of the groups or either of, either of the mindsets. Jesus gave us a principle in this passage that you and I need to grab hold of. Jesus' answer was this, the kingdom of God. That's the reign, the realm, the rule of the supreme deity. That's the divine, that's the almighty, that's the potentate, the one and only. The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. It doesn't come by ocular evidence. The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed or with visible display. The kingdom of God is not coming with visible display, is what he said. And then verse 21, 
He said, Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. What does he mean by that? When he says, Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. He's basically saying that the kingdom of God cannot be found on a map. The kingdom of God cannot even be found in Google Maps. Google knows everything. Siri cannot tell you where the kingdom of God is because I tried it. I was studying and I pulled out my phone and I go, Siri, where is the kingdom of God? And you know what she gave me? She gave me a really good definition. She said the spiritual realm over which God reigns as king or the fulfillment on earth of God's will. She don't know where it's at, but she knows what it is. And so then I thought, well, i got to find out because everybody can find out everything on your smartphone. So I opened Google Maps and I typed in Kingdom of God on Google Maps. And it took me to church. Literally, I typed in Kingdom of God on Google Maps and here popped up church after church after church after church. So Siri don't know where it's at but knows what it is and Google Maps doesn't know where it's at but knows what really you need to get to to get into the kingdom. You see, the kingdom does not come in a visible display. Jesus made the statement. He said, in John 18, 36, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from hence. In other words, I don't have a standing army because that's not what I'm here for. I'm not here to dominate countries and take over nations. If my kingdom was of this world, I'd have an army. My servants would fight. He's saying this to Pilate. Jesus was saying it to Pilate. He's standing there on trial. And in John 18, 37, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? And Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. So Jesus was clear. Jesus said, Okay, the kingdom of God is not of this world. The kingdom of God is not by observation. The kingdom of God is within you. Look at that phrase, behold the kingdom of God is within you. And he's saying that the reign of the kingdom of God is within you. It doesn't come with an outward show, nor will you find it at a certain location. It's spiritual, it's within you. You and I are in the kingdom right now. You and I are part of the kingdom of God right now. The Bible says in Romans 14, 17, For the kingdom of God is not meat, it's not drink, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And then Paul writes to us in Colossians 1, 27, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you the hope of glory. I don't know about y'all, but I'm very thankful to be a citizen of the United States of America. Brother Marshall, our, our brother, our dear friend, 
several years ago, became a citizen of the United States of America, and he's so honored to be a citizen, born in Malaysia, and become a citizen of our country. I'm thankful to be a citizen of the United States of America. I'm very thankful, very thankful. I was in a place of business uh, recently, and I was asked where I was born, and I had, I had that privilege of saying right here. I was born right here in Lexington, Tennessee. I'm very thankful to, to be born in Lexington. I'm very thankful to be a Tennessee, and I'm very thankful to be a Henderson Countyan, which next month we're going to celebrate 200 years as being here in Henderson County. I'm very thankful to be living in Lexington, be in Henderson County in the state of Tennessee, and to be a United States of American citizen. I'm thankful for that, and I'm honored. I'm honored for that. But the greatest thing in my life is that I'm actually part of the kingdom of God. Even greater than your citizenship as, as, a, as a citizen of Lexington or of Henderson County or Tennessee or America. We're in the kingdom of God. We've got a king. So I want to give you three points. The first one is the kingdom now. The kingdom now. It's what we, you and I are. The kingdom is the realm, and we're going to define it a little bit clearer here in just a moment, but it's the, root, the reign, the realm, the rule of the king. The kingdom now is this. It's spiritual. Right now, we're in a spiritual kingdom, but the eternal kingdom is going to be literal. There is coming a day that we're going to see the king of glory descend from heaven. He's going to come. He's going to He's going to show the world, as, they say, as it said in, in Revelation 19, He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the Word of God. He is the Almighty. The literal kingdom is going to come. But the kingdom now is spiritual. And the kingdom now is these three things. It is indwelling. The kingdom dwells in us. That's by the power of the Spirit of God, the rule, the reign of the King. It's by the Spirit of God in our life, when we're baptized with the Spirit, when we're filled with His Spirit, He dwells in us. We, we have Him dwelling in us, and we are living in Him. The kingdom is indwelling. The kingdom, secondly, brings impartation. The Holy Spirit imparts or places things within us or gives things to us. So the kingdom, as He dwells in us by His Spirit, brings impartation. The Holy Spirit imparts wisdom, imparts understanding, imparts guidance. How many of you have already become aware of the fact that the Spirit of God leads your life? The Spirit of God gives you understanding in situations. If you haven't experienced it, why don't you experience it? Because on, on our own, we're kind of dumb. On our own, we're kind of prone to make some crazy decisions. But if you would ask for wisdom, He will give you wisdom. If you would ask for, for understanding and from, or for guidance, he will indeed give you that. Now, there's some things you ought to know how to do for yourself, but there are some life things that we deal with that if we would just say, God, I need wisdom. Spirit of God, give me guidance. Give me direction. How many of you know that he will do that? The Spirit of God is indwelling. The Spirit of God brings impartation. And the kingdom, the kingdom is indwelling, the kingdom is impartation, and the kingdom influences. The Holy Spirit affects things, and the work of the Spirit of God affects things. It influences things. It influences lives, and it influences spiritual 
realms. That's why it is so important that we pray thy kingdom come. We pray the spiritual reign, the authority of God to come in situations. In the kingdom, you and I should have this goal. In our life, we should have this goal. That we want to know Jesus and make Jesus known. It's as simple as that. We want to know Jesus and make Jesus known. We want to know him. We want to show him. Amen? We want to know Jesus and we want to make Jesus known. This is the advancement of the kingdom. In Luke chapter 10 verse 8, Jesus is sending out those 70 there in Luke chapter 10 verse 8. And he tells them, Into whatsoever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. And heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, The kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. The kingdom is about propagating Jesus, not about advancing our agendas. And this is clear when Jesus tells us in Acts chapter 1 verse 1, He's about to leave this world, and He's having His last discourse with His apostles. And he looks at them and he says, the form, or Luke records this, the former treaties have I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Until that day in which he was taken up, or he ascended, and after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he shewed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. In other words, this is where it's going to start, y'all. The power of God's going to come on you. You're going to receive my spirit. And then he goes on to, uh, he's going to go on to tell them what it's all about in a couple of verses. In verse 6, when they were therefore come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? So we started out reading that scripture where the Pharisees asked him about the kingdom. Now the apostles are asking him, Lord, are you going to restore again the kingdom to Israel? And again, he gives them a spiritual answer. He said, it is not, he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. This is what the kingdom is all about. The Spirit of God coming, the Spirit of God ruling, the Spirit of God reigning, and through the work of you and I as, these, as participants of the kingdom, the kingdom advancing. We're witnesses unto him, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. The second thing is the kingdom and the church. A few weeks ago, we looked at this, the kingdom and the church. Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you. What we should do as believers is the very first thing we should be doing is seeking the rule and the reign of our Lord, the kingdom to come. In Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said to Peter and to the rest of us, He said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
You and I are part of two things, and we've already talked about this over the past few weeks, but I want to bring it back to your mind. We're part of two things, two things that are not the same, yet they're interconnected, two things that are working together and simultaneous, and that is the church of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of our Lord, who is Jesus Christ. The church is the physical manifestation of of Jesus' kingdom. It's the active arm. It's the moving part. It's the connecting place. This is where we're reaching people. We're teaching people. We're establishing people. This is what it's all about. We're reaching them, teaching them, establishing them into the kingdom and into the rule to the reign of the Lord. The church is the ecclesia, the body, the called out ones. It's the believers. You can see the church. The church is visible. You can see the church. You can see the operation of the church. But the kingdom is spiritual. It's the spiritual realm. It's the reign. It's the rule of our king. We don't see that part. But it's so important. That's why Jesus said, pray, thy kingdom come. That's why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. It's not physical. It's spiritual. So I believe with all my heart that while we seek first the kingdom and the advancement of the kingdom... We're going to see the hand of God build his church. Because the Bible lets us know. Jesus said, I will build my church. And then the Bible closes out the book of Acts chapter 2. That the Lord added to the church daily such as as should be saved. So why don't you and I, all of us that are sitting here tonight, purpose in our heart that we're going to pray the kingdom, seek the kingdom, live the kingdom. It is our goal, it is our desire to know Jesus and make Jesus known. Say that with me. I want to know Jesus and make Jesus known. The church is his body, its members, and it's his. The kingdom is his rule, it's his rules, it's his realm, it's his reign. And the church is the physical manifestation of the Lord. We're his body. The kingdom is the spiritual authority of the Lord. Now, you can go go on... The app. Y'all can find these notes. You don't have to struggle to keep up with with anything. And uh, if they need correcting, write it out and bring it to me. And I'll, I'll correct them. But the kingdom is the spiritual authority of the Lord. You can see the church. You can see the effect of the kingdom. But you can't see the kingdom. Jesus established the church, but he came preaching the kingdom. In Mark chapter 1, he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And then he taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. When we pray the kingdom come, that's the divine spiritual kingdom, the glorious reign of the Messiah. It's his rule, his realm, his reign, his dominion. It's the exercise of kingly power. And praying thy will be done is the desire of the king, his righteousness coming into being in earth as it is in heaven. The reign and the desire of God here as it is there. How many of you know we need that? Amen. So let's pray. Let's seek the kingdom. Let's go on down. Those of you that are keeping, who's behind the computer back there? Catherine, I'm going to skip on down. I want to skip on down to, to that fact of where the notes say pray and desire the kingdom. To desire is that should be the, 
the foremost rule. Our desire to seek first the kingdom of God is to desire for the kingdom of God. And that's first and foremost. That's, that's, that's us just simply saying, God, above everything else, I want your kingdom to come. I want your will to be done. We want to pray it. We want to seek it. We want to live it. Poke your neighbor and see if they're awake and say, let's live this. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, Jesus made this statement. He said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And he said, Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. We start the Lord's Prayer with honor. And true honor is to do what God, is to want what God wants. And true honor is to make up our mind to live his word. And true honor is to seek what he desires. How many of you know that? We, we learn to honor our parents. And the Bible tells us that it's the fifth commandment. To honor thy father and thy mother. And one of the ways that we honor, we want to please them. We want to do what, what makes them happy. We want to bring honor to them. And, what, and one of the ways that we honor the Lord is to know what he desires. And our desires to align with what he desires. I want to want what he wants, don't you? I want to desire what he wants. Amen. And then the third and final thing, I want to talk to you for, for a minute about kingdom warfare. Because I feel like this is important. And we're going to start going into this as we move forward within these next few lessons. Kingdom warfare. We understand that we can't engage in kingdom warfare without, with, with natural weapons. We know that. And let's look at what Paul says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Colossia, Paul said in Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, We give thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And talking about Jesus, he makes this statement, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. If you're looking at it in your Bible, flip over to the next chapter in Colossians 2, verse 8. Paul said, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Now, the word principality just simply means dominion. It means preeminent position. It indicates a ruler. The word power just simply means authority. 
When you look at that 10th verse of Colossians chapter 2 in the New Literal Translation, it says this, So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. And if you go on down to Colossians chapter 2 verse 11, Paul says, In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein you also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross or to his cross, having spoiled principalities and powers. He made a shoe of them openly, triumphing over them in it. You see, our Lord, everybody say our Lord. Everybody say, that's my king. Our Lord, our king, has overthrown or taken authority over those principalities and powers. He is the head over all principality and powers. There are principalities. There are dominating forces that are in preeminent positions. There are spiritual rulers of darkness. There, there are authorities, spiritual authorities. There are evil things at, or evil entities doing evil things or propagating evil things. And we understand that. There is spiritual warfare that is going on. So what has happened is, because you and I are sitting here today having been born again, we've been brought out or we've been liberated from that old kingdom of darkness that we were in. We have been transferred from that kingdom into his kingdom. Y'all understand that? We've been brought from that into this. We've been brought from darkness to light. We've been brought from death to life. We've been brought out. We did not accidentally find our way into the kingdom of God and into the body of Christ, which is the church. It is the work of a spiritual power that brought us from where we are and or where we were and placed us where we are. And so we've got to understand that it was a spiritual power. It was something that took place spiritually that brought us out of darkness into light, that brought us from death into life. And then we've also got to grab a hold of the fact that we're not going to fight in this spiritual fight that we've been brought into with carnal means. We've got to do this in the authority that's been given to us in the kingdom of God. And how many of you believe that when you pray the kingdom and then you go on to the last part of the Lord's prayer when he says thy kingdom come, or in the first part, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And in the latter part, he says for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That when we petition the kingdom, then we're going to make a declaration of the kingdom. We're going to petition the kingdom and then we're going to say for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We want the authority of the kingdom in our life and then we want the authority of the kingdom to be moving with us as we move forward into wherever it is that we go in this life. So let's look at this. I'm going to close with this. and We're going to flesh it out because it's too deep to just throw it out there and just drop it. 
But there's a prime example of how this spiritual thing works. When you look at Daniel chapter 10, this is a prime example of it. A lot of people have used Daniel chapter 10 talking about the Daniel fast, that Daniel went for 21 days with no pleasant foods and all of this, and he went on this extended period of time that he was seeking after God, and he didn't eat anything other than what would sustain him to survive. And in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, he had a, an angel of God appear to him. Then, he, then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come because of thy words. Now let me just pause here for a moment and tell you that some of y'all have prayed, and God's already heard your prayer. The answer's not shown up yet, but God's already heard your prayer. The angel told Daniel, he said, the first day your prayer was heard. Nothing stopped the prayer from reaching God, but there was an opposition from the answer reaching you. And he told him that. He told him this in Daniel chapter 10, verse 13. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, this is one of the <coughs> angels of the Lord, came to help me. And I remained there with the kings of Persia. And now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days for yet the vision is for many days. And when he had spoken such words unto me, I set my face toward the ground, and I became dumb. And behold, one like the similitude of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spake and said unto him that stood before me, O my Lord, by the vision my sorrows are turned upon me, and I have re retained no strength. For how can the servant of this my Lord talk with this, my Lord, for as for me straightway, there remained no strength in me, neither is there breath left in me. Then there came again and touched me, one like the appearance of a man, and he strengthened me. And he said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not, peace be unto thee, be strong, yea, be strong. And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. Then said he, Knowest thou therefore... Or wherefore I came unto thee, and now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grecia shall come. But I will shew thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth. There is none that beholdeth, or none that holdeth with me in these things, but Michael, your prince. This is an extraordinary indication of spiritual warfare. And the prayer was made, but there was opposition from that prince or that principality. There was opposition. But then there were the ministering angels, the angels of God that were there engaging in this spiritual battle. And this one that spoke to Daniel named the prince of Persia and named the prince of, of Grecia or Greece. And he said, there is that spiritual authority 
that is representing that nation and that nation. Your prayer is heard, Daniel, but there's some things going on in the spiritual realm. And so I want to tell somebody here tonight that I'm going to close with this. Keep praying. And keep praying with faith and keep praying in authority and keep praying. Because things are going on spiritually. Prayer moves things spiritually. Prayer moves things spiritually. But we face opposition spiritually. So let's pray the kingdom. Let's declare the kingdom. Let's see the power of the kingdom come. We looked at that story in 2 Kings chapter 6 on Sunday that Elisha, Elisha had spiritual perception, but the guy that was working for him didn't. And Elisha had spiritual perception. It guided him. It guarded his heart and mind. It had set a guard over his heart and his mind. And this young man that was working for him, had all he could see was what was actually physically going on. And he saw the army, the Syrian army that had surrounded them. Let me read it again, 2 Kings 6, 14. That the king of Syria sent hither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, and a host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, O my master, what are we going to do? And Elisha said, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. We can't literally see it. But the truth of the matter is, is in all this spiritual opposition, when we call on the name of Jesus, we're going totally over the heads of all of those spiritual powers because he's the head of all principality and power. It's time that y'all start calling the name of Jesus in faith and in authority over your situations. It's time that you start calling the name of Jesus and invoking the kingdom and praying the kingdom over your, over your home, over your family, over your situations, no matter what things look like right now. All you may see is that the enemy's got you surrounded, but I, I, I'm praying and believing that God would open our eyes. He may not send an angel to talk to you like he talked to Daniel, but the truth of the matter is what happened with Daniel can happen with you and I. We are praying, we're seeking God, and we're facing opposition. The answers haven't come, but God's heard our prayer, and God is moving. And Elisha prayed in verse 17. And he said, Lord, I pray thee, 2 Kings 6, 17, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Elisha already knew it. And Elisha said, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. But to that young man, it was just a mere word. It was just a mere positive statement that the man of God had made. And there's many positive statements that men of God make from behind this pulpit on a regular basis. But until our eyes are open and we see it for ourselves, it's going to just be words like listening to a radio that just come in one ear and out the other. But we ought to be praying, God, give us spiritual sight that we can actually see that they that be with us are more than they that be with them. If you believe it, why don't you just stand to your feet right now and just raise your hands to the Lord and give Him praise. Come on, let's give Him some praise right now. God, I thank you.
I thank you because that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I thank you, Lord, that they that be with us are more than they that be with them. I thank you, Lord, that we can say, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I pray you'd stir our faith tonight, that we would begin praying in faith that we haven't even up to this point. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah.